Welcome, everybody, to the Eat Sleep Race podcast, episode 004. I'm your host, Frankie Five, my co-host, Brian ESR. And today we have two very special guests, an OG import drag racer from back in the day. Um, Gardella Racing is in the house. Thank you, Gary, and thank you, John, for coming. Yeah, thank you for having us, Mr. Avon. Sorry, Gardella, the driver. And John, what would you say your role is? Crew chief. Crew chief. And in charge. <laughs> Friend, you could go off the accolades of Gary, because I know he's he's not your uh, run-of-the-mill drag racer. He is a... Uh, no, he is he is one of the pioneers, I would say, for the representing for the East Coast, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't there from day one. I was there in the stands from day one, and uh, there was a couple, quite a few guys before me on the East Coast, but um, I followed everybody. I followed Rip, DRT, Sight and Sound at the time, a uh, local guy by me, Neptune Arvin. Um, quite a few guys locally, man. Chris Rado was one of the first guys on the East Coast, so I don't ever want to take credit as a first, but I was there as a, a, a fan in the, in the bleachers watching them guys. When you eventually got on the track, did you get to race all those guys? Yeah. With them? Like, yeah. You got our butt whoops. Bye now. <laughs> we learned real quick. It was it was an interesting start for us, man. It was uh, me and John, just uh, we had a, me and John had a couple of buddies also helping us at the time, and it was uh it was a one heck of a learning lesson right from the start, you know. Um, it was a lot of sleepless nights, um, and like when I mean that, that that that's the truth, man. It was I didn't know how to build a car. John came along one day with his his father. His father was a a, a big part of my life, and uh, he dragged me over there. Yes, and I was I was in a little I was a little in over my head, you know, when I was building the car. When you started grassroots drag racer, would you say at the height of your career, you would you claim yourself as a professional drag racer? You know, I guess it led to that. You know, I never that that wasn't the goal for me to get involved with it. I wanted to get involved because of the industry, because of the scene, because of the people. Um, it was just my life, you know, it was my lifestyle, you know, and that's where I wanted to be. And uh, people don't understand, like, how important and influential, like, the Dominican and Puerto Rican scene was to me. Like, it meant so much. Like, you know, there's nothing better. There's there's days that I still have flashbacks sitting at home, and I'm like, yo, this Spanish song comes on, you know, and I, I could just think of my head, the, a rotary. Where do you think you were? Banging. Yeah. Where do you think you were going back to? Echo. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, it was, it, it, was yeah. the be- it was the best part of my life. Like. There's days that I just I'm just driving along or doing something and I'm like, damn, I missed it. You know. I like how you said that because Francis has a his first question for you because you said that it was the best times of your life. Yeah. So you, I mean, you know, you kind of I think you mentioned it, but I would ask you, what are your three most memorable experiences in in import drag racing? All right. So I'm gonna start off with the day I beat the day I was in the, one of the last races I had in the Civic. It was at Englishtown, and we raced the Sunfire, Marty Ladwick, and uh, Moose. You guys, I, I'm sure you guys oh, know remember. Moose. Moose is like, Moose is is a, a major part of my life right now, man. He's he's he was involved with me with a lot of projects and stuff like that. He's my main guy, and he's a great dude. Um, but Moose at that time was working on the Sunfire team, and uh, we we took them down. And what I mean that was big guys. Like I know a lot of people who are watching this today, like. They don't realize how big sport compact or import drag racing was, but for us to take down that team, that was like that was the biggest that was that was the biggest task. That was the biggest thing that's ever biggest accomplishment in 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 business motorsports. Not you know obviously my daughters are my biggest accomplishment in my life, but um, my biggest accomplishment I'll hold that for the rest of my life is uh, beating that that GM team at that time. Yeah, was that now that race? little background on it they were round robbing us and we we needed time to get it back up there and those what guy was this a this was an nhra it was a summer national summer national yeah, pretty short town and it was the end of the day they had a the noise of uh ordinance ordinance that they had to shut it down and they trying to get us up there and i was trying to keep him his head in the driver's seat and get the car ready at the same time i mean he was getting ready we we're putting the car together he's getting in the car and that's how they, they were like you gotta go you gotta go those guys waited for us. And now, what you got to remember? So we had to change. We had to tra- change trainings. Honda, this is your Honda, Honda, right? Yeah. yeah. This wasn't your other your GM car. You were going Honda versus GM. Yeah. 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 And and that and that was, we did that quick, 
we got a, the car out there. They let us, they gave us time because it was like 25 minutes or something like that. I mean, it was short, yeah. It was crazy. What we, year was this? 2003, four? 2003 or four. And was this... uh. What class was this? This was Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously later in my life in motorsports, like it became pro front wheel drive. But for me, my my best memories are with the Hot Rod car, um, especially with the Honda. Um, you know, people are so upset with me. You know, even people still talk about me leaving Honda at that point in time. But, you know, there's a long story that goes behind that, you know. So, let's hear it. So I want to know. You know, I would, I was shocked. I still don't know why you, you know, it'd be interesting to hear why did you go to GM? So, you know, it's funny. Me, me and my daughter were sitting down the other day. You know, my daughters don't care. You know, like, they, they, they get it that I raced, but they don't know the background, you know? Like, they were, my oldest was a little girl, like, when, when this all started. So, something came up, and uh, me and her were talking about, uh, when I was talking to her about when I first got that big deal. You know, my first big deal was a GM deal. Um but it actually started. It, it's a crazy story, and, and you know, it. it I, I've never told this this publicly, but it, it needs to be told because it's part of my history. You know, um, one day at Echo, right, this dude came up to me. Right, this guy came up to me. We we beat GM again. So this is like the second or third time I beat the GM Sunfire, and guy came in my we're done you know me and johnny are celebrating yeah. big j was with us like the whole crew was with us and we're celebrating boom 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 my my dad had the camper there my family's there everybody's there and it's, this dude came running in the trailer at the camp uh, at the camper i think at the time and it was just me and my father and he wanted to fight me what yo this guy i'm celebrating and this who guy is, is this guy wanted to fight me he's the guy in charge of the gm program Yo, he wanted to fight like this, but yeah, was he? He was talking shit. Yeah, but yo, it was it was heat, and, and that was a point in my life that I steamrolled anybody who came in, who stepped in my way, especially when it came to drag. Like if it got something to do with my career and drag racing, I I wasn't having. Nobody stood in my way. Like you know, I, I, it was it's crazy because it's like that was my passion. You know, that was my. And I'm serious when it comes to my passion. You know, beg, bar, steal. We did whatever we had to do. Yes, to keep that. That was the motivation. And, you know, once once I got hooked in with Gary, we were the same mentality. We were, him and I, guys don't like to lose. No. We don't like to lose, and that's why. All in. Put All those in. hours in to, to get the car ready, to, to get the trailer ready, to make it look good, to do all that stuff. So knowing that, were, were some fists thrown inside of that? It was, it was close. And my dad grabbed me. He was like, yo, sit down and listen to the fucking guy. Sit down and listen to him. I'm like, no, I wanted to fight the guy. My dad's <laughs> holding me back. My dad's holding me back, and, uh. My dad's like, hear the guy out. You know, my dad's a tough guy. And he was he's yelling at me to hear the guy out. And I'm like, no, nah, I wanted to kick the shit out of the guy. So so we're going at it. And my I, my, my dad finally talks some sense into me. And he was like, you know, because my dad's a smart dude. He'll think career. He does, he does you know, I'm, I'm thinking in a moment. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm You're thinking. Talking, in the heat of the passion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Big picture. And it's like, um, so the guy sits down and says, you ruined my life. And he looked at me. Serious. He's like, you ruined me. There was, a, there was some things that he said I won't repeat, but you ruined my life, man. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's got a $5 million budget, $8 million. Like, I don't know, I don't know what their dollar amount was, but it's big budgets, right? A lot more than ours. I'm more, Way more. I'm thinking to myself, me and John working every night, just me and him. Yeah, you know, we had friends. I, I had Big J. I had a, a, a dude come out. I had a couple dudes that would come in and out and help us out a lot. So, again, your grassroots side of thing, you're saying this guy was corporate. Yeah, and the guy wanted to fight me. He came, he came at me, bro, hot. And 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 you know I wasn't having it. And uh, so like after my dad talked some sense into me, I sit down, I listen to the guy, and uh, he told me I've ruined his life and all kinds of shit. So it was it was it was heated. So we it, and I'm thinking to myself, I work out of my parents' house, their garage at the house, and uh, so next thing you know. We did a handshake deal, and he says, you're racing for us next year. And it was like, wow. Like, I'm walking out of this trailer saying to myself, like, man, I don't want to give up on Honda. But I'm thinking about, man, me and John. Yeah, I want to do these for you guys. I did because that's when I was going. That's when we were cranking, pushing horsepower. I was looking for cranks. I was looking for blocks. I was looking for heads. And I Transmissions. Transmissions. Where where were you going to look for all of this stuff? Queens. Staten Island, shade, major shady places. 
how'd you how'd you know like how did you, so uh who was it what was it what are you talking about that man. Your names, but, but, but i'll tell you what but they, we had our connects right right and um we had our connects and and i did a lot for dudes in the streets so right. like i utilized and and before there were what do you mean by that so so i want you guys i want everybody to understand so like as I got big and, and I got sponsorships and stuff like this, and I'm going to tell everybody right now, the best dude I ever, one of the best guys I ever met in my life was Vince. Who was that? Uh, he, he worked at the time. He works at Jam Racing now, but he worked at, at Golden. He, his family owned Golden Eagle. Tiago. Which is, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, Tiago, I think his last name yeah. is, but I always mess it up, so hopefully I said it right. Um, but, you know, like Vince, I, I did a deal with Vince, and I said, dude, I got to take care of these dudes in the street. I will rep your brand, and I will promote your brand. And I said, yo, I need like, I'm going to send you like 10 blocks. I need them all sleep. I need them done and done right. So if me and Vince worked a deal. I would, I would send him out motors all the time and he would, he would, you know, sleep them for me. And then in the streets, all the dudes were running my blocks, you know? So like, and they would come selling them. No. And it's like, dude, I, I, they, they I truly want you guys to understand. I took care of like, there was, there was my dudes in the streets that I took care of. How, but it was, how did you pick your, your, but it was part of my part of me getting big it was part of me just utilizing my my tools and my my help from turbo companies block companies you know like all these things and so these guys you were giving back to were the same guys who were helping, helping you out find parts what yeah. you needed well help me find parts or just repping repping my name in the streets like you know i would have nice ones at the time go out to the street races with with trunks full of red bull you know what i'm saying so like i was never in the streets and i never wanted to be in the streets but that's it helped you out. It helped me out. And it, it was like out. part of my, like, even though, like, the lifestyle side of it, we were all together when we got to the track. Right. You know, I wasn't. Because the streets went to the track, but Gary didn't go to the streets. Correct. Correct. So, like, it was, again, man, that was a big part of my you life. You guys did it. I remember back in the day, you you had an awesome setup. You had a DJ. You had food. You had that. all Red Bull? No. I didn't, you know what's funny? It's Red like, Bull, right? I, my goal, right? My goal was to go to a racetrack and make everybody thought I got I had a million dollar budget. So when people rolled in, they were yo Gary's got like yo millions and let's go through it. Who were because sponsorship back in the day for import racing was way different than it is today. I mean, you guys had bigger. There was more money being spent. yeah. These companies had a lot more budget. So it all started off with me, and it's like it all started off with Echo. And, um, I, I, you know, it's funny because people think of me as like Red Bull or GM or something like that. It truly, uh, to me, my biggest sponsor ever was Echo because it got me in the door with so much. Like when I had that back, when I had that back in that company, that led to so much more. Could, if you had, or can you roll call like all your sponsors? You're kind of shouting them out right now. Well, you know, it, it's, it's funny because Echo led into a couple of big companies. So Echo led into Kicker. Kicker car stereo, I wouldn't have got Kicker on my own. It was a deal that we worked out. We we did a deal through Echo. You know, everything was licensing. I learned so much about that time at, about licensing, and um, you know, it it led into um, Vivid Video. It led into um, DC Sports. Um, you know, people people probably don't even know what DC Sports is, but it was an exhaust company, an intake company at the time. The company was huge, man. But you it said Vivid best. Video, yeah. I don't think most of our listeners know what Vivid Video. Yeah, that was a uh, that was when I came through with sponsors, man. People were like their their jaws would hit the floor, bro. Like, you know, we it was a porn company, you know, and it's like, yo, like we we had it, like we brought them out to the track, like we brought women out to the track with us, like oh, for real. Yeah, we when we did Nopi Nationals, we had. Yeah, they they were there. Yeah, it was, it was, you know what? Sierra brought porn stars to the track. SEMA convention, <laughs> they were there signing autographs. This was like the first, that was the first year. That was like 2000. But that's, that's your wife around back then? <laughs> you know, <laughs> honestly, man, she was, and you know, like we were young, you know, so she was, she was going to school. She was doing her thing. Did she think that was cool? Like, yo, Gary's got porn stars. <laughs> the trailer was, <laughs> I don't think any of my family thought it was cool. I'm going to tell you the truth. Probably only you and Rich thought it was cool. Yeah. My, my probably said you're doing it for the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but again, man, guys, this led into so much more. You know, I, I never thought that it would, I, I never realized, I realize it with business now, but at the time with sponsorships, it just kind of like rolled along. Like, 
you know, people would come along and say, man, Gary's got so much money from this sponsor. It really wasn't. I made it look like they were all big deals. And that uh, attracted more people. It really did. Yeah. And that's where we would have other companies come up to us and say, hey, you know, like, man, you're doing such an amazing job, you know, like, you know, promoting and stuff like that. I, it was all smoke and mirrors, you know. And, uh, but it worked. It worked for its time and it, it did really well, you know. And, and even when everything stopped with Echo, it was fortunate because I really went one season on my own. And then Red Bull came on as, as an athlete sponsor. Sick. And uh, that, that- You're the first, are you the first? Yeah, you for- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely for first guy in motorsports outside the, uh, that big realm of right on you know, esports too, right? Yeah. So there was there was a few athletes before me, uh, even with Red Bull, like Travis Pastrana was on with them before. Uh, there was a couple dudes like in the skate community or surf community that were on with them, but for the most part, like I was early age, uh, early days. Put it this way: when it came to me, yo, I, yo, I got a a, a a young guy by me. Um, this kid got John by me. Um. Jersey Johnny came to me and he's like, yo, I got this. I heard about this. I don't know if you guys know Jersey Johnny. He's a good dude, man. Um, but he came to me and he's like, yo, there's there's somebody from Red Bull is interested in, in sponsoring. I'm like, yo, what's Red Bull? I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, because energy drinks weren't big. No, it was, yeah, no, it wasn't too big. And after I looked into it, I seen that there were motorsports and stuff like that, like F1. It was awesome because they came in on, on the athlete side. They didn't come in on the car side, you know? So they wanted me as, you know, just, just, uh, a sponsored athlete that went on for about two seasons and then we worked with them um then we started the pro front car and they became the main sponsor on the pro front car once a pro front car came out you put a lot of work in on that yeah yo we did and it, it's a thing that's why it was for me it's so tough that there was no social media at the time the things i did with I, I, even echo like the parties and the places that we went with those companies and even with red bull early on was incredible and like i can imagine yeah like my wife like we did some soapbox race in um where were we i think rhode island and um yeah i got to sit next to pros from fuji's at a uh you know judging this judging this, this soapbox race and like i still like megan has like the worst memory man and it's like she's the greatest i'm like I always tell Megan, like, yo, can you believe, like, anytime it comes on, like, yo, we got to meet him, we got to hang with him. Just, I don't remember. Cause and I'm literally, like, yo, it's pros. Like, yeah. yo, it's like. I mean, you're who, Red Bull who, athlete. Yeah, right? and, like, who doesn't love, who doesn't like the Fugees? You know what right. I mean? So it's like music was a big part of our lives. and All the crazy things, we had to take the car and put it on the ski slope for Echo. Yeah. Actually, early on, we had, John's right, we went up to Killington up in, uh, up in Vermont. And uh, actually, from that day, I got a couple – friends and snowboard community that I still that I'm still involved with, you know? And it's cool that I get to I I got to meet a guy, Jeremy Bay, who was in the who's in this snowboard, you know, he was a, a pro snowboarder at the time and he was a car guy. Oh, ironically, he, I just met him for the first time this past summer. And yeah, no, he's a great pro snowboarder. Yeah. Into Hondas. Yeah, correct. And, and now was, he's back into Hondas. Meaning, you know, it's I see this I see this uh yeah, pattern at, happening. At here. that time now he pulls hot rods, but um yeah. It's pretty cool, man, and it's just like shout out to so, Jeremy, nineteen forty-five speed shop. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. Very man. cool. And it was cool to see all the, the the guys I got to be, I got to meet early on with snowboarding, and then it led it right into the car scene. So it was GM and then Red Bull, or Red Bull then GM. It was Honda. I was with Red Bull, so Honda sponsored me as an athlete for. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, that. so it had a Honda sponsorship. Honda? No, no, no. So Red Bull sponsored me in the Honda, oh, in the Honda. as an athlete. Okay. Okay. You know, as an athlete for, I, I think it was one season. I don't, I don't know if it was two, but at the second or third season with Red Bull, they became the title sponsor of the pro front car. You also had, I remember in the GM car, you had Hot Hughes as a sponsor. Didn't yes, you? Hot Hughes is a. So those, wasn't that in the middle? or? Yes, that was, that was, that was like a secondary or third um, sponsorship. What is for, that? For that car. So like, you know, we had our title sponsor. Oh no, Hot Hughes. Oh, Hot Hughes is a. It was a, a custom paint line. So like, you know how you have House of Color. You probably heard yeah, House yeah. of Colors. It would be the House of Colors of the uh, Dupont paint line at the time. Now it's Exalta, but it was uh, Hot Hughes was their custom line of paint. You it was a all, it was a horrible logo. And, and yeah, it was it was a horrible logo, but it was it was a nice product. The car wasn't wrapped at that point. It was painted. Oh wow, yeah, that that was scary. 
to do the custom paint job on a race car. <laughs> but it's cool because it's their paint, right? I mean, oh, actually, I'm sorry. I mean, now, now you reminded me that they actually came on as a title sponsor on the the Hot Rod GM car, the Cobalt. So, like, not I, I mentioned you guys the Pro Front car, yeah, but they were on the Hot Rod car first. At your peak, how many GM cars did you have? I would say, because we had we had like our dualies. We had a couple dualies. We had some personal cars. We had a couple race cars and stuff like that. So, like, all across the board, or just like race cars? I didn't even know that. I, I was just thinking race. Oh, cars. They, they took care of me personally too. Yeah, that was that was oh, good. Wow. Support vehicles. Support vehicles. Yeah, you get one too, John. No. <laughs> I had my, a dually. I had a dually. Had my wife still still rusts me up over this, but like when when we when we got the deal, and they're like, "Yo, you can have any car you want except the Corvette." I was like, "Yo, I want like that minivan, an Uplander, like whatever it was." <laughs> and she was like, "What?" Yeah. what? How many so, years was the GM deal for? Five years, maybe six years. Well, no, the the, the GM deal went on because of drifting. So yeah, like, it, I think maybe six, seven years, possibly. Yeah, but the the drag stuff was what oh, oh five, oh four, oh five through oh seven, drag racing. Yeah, oh seven, oh eight. Are you guys are you still tight with GM? Most of, at this time, most of the contacts that I have left. Okay. And uh, there's still two a few guys that are that are still involved. You know what's so hard for me, man, is I really don't keep in touch with many people anymore. And it, it's it's all my own fault. You know, I get so busy with family and and business. That it kind of like, it, you know, I lost a lot of, I can't say I lost friendships, but, you know, I just get so mixed up and I get so, when, I, when I'm passionate about something, like I'm in a cycling right now, that like any extra time goes into that. So it's just an excuse, man. I, I'm a guy with a lot of excuses. And that's know? why we appreciate you making the time to be with us tonight. Yeah, we know you got a lot going on. That's going to be one of our end questions. What are you, what are you working on now? Because I personally know you got a lot of businesses. So if you guys want to know. What Gary's up to, you got to wait till the end of the podcast. I think, I mean, Francis asked for top three moments. We, we got I one. Yeah. I don't know. Is that one? Is so, that all? But actually, before, hold that thought. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, you decided relationships with GM because I wanted to ask you this question. Did you really think the Cobalt was going to sell in the sports compact industry? No. I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, to be honest, man, like, I was still such a fan of Honda. They right. wanted like, it to be the like, Civic. They wanted it to be the Civic. Yeah. No. And as a fan of drag import drag racing, it was import sports compact. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I think they could have did a better job marketing it right from the start. Instead of coming out with a supercharged car, you know, because originally when it came out with the SS, it was a supercharged and, Cobalt. And it's like, yo, like in our scene, bro, like how many cars if, you guys come across? If it was it turbo, it might have had a chance because the block is a good block, you know, performance wise. Yeah, but the styles, I mean, uh, <laughs> nah. you know, and it, it's just like, hey, they tried. They tried. They, you know, they they put a lot of money into it. it yeah, you know. Well, it, thankfully they tried because Gary got a deal out of it. That's right. It was the, the motor deal with the, the guys. You know, it wasn't for me. It wasn't even the money with the GM deal. It was the access to the parts and the engineering. I mean, dude, we John, not me, but John spent time in a wind tunnel. Like how yeah, ama- how amazing is that? Like the dynos and um, the turbo technology, like. You know, to be part of, like, even Precision Turbo at the time, like, to be part of that team and early on with Harry. Um, it's, like, just the the people we surround, me and John surrounded ourselves with were incredible. Like, I think it's because of your trials and tribulation with the Honda. You guys are like, this is too much. Well, it right? was a lot like, to run the car and build the motors. It was a lot. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of maintenance. It was a lot of, you know... You push it hard, you get a break stuff. Right. Well, you say that, John, but you you're also forgetting you were a truck driver, you were a <laughs> team captain, you, a jack saw, yeah, I mean, jacked those mini trains, engines that wore me out, that wore me out. Once we got towards the end with the X track, when we got the good trans in there, that was a lot of work. Tell these guys about that day, that me and you rolled up to Akko, and we were like, it was a crazy couple of days, and we were like, yo, let's go test. Go ahead, tell them, John. Which day was that? <laughs> the day you put the head gasket on upside down. Uh. That was in Canada, and you and Jay did it. <laughs> Guys, early early on, Gary uh, and Big Jay and I and the old man went to went to Canada to do. It was like exhibition runs, wasn't it? Yeah, exhibition runs at one of the, the actually. Yeah, my my boy George Chiordis. What's up, George? Yep, we went up there and it popped the head gasket right, and we stayed late. You know, thrashing late and. Somebody put the head gasket on upside down. We don't know who it is, do we? Which one? 
Were you guys burning the midnight oil? Is that what? Our whole lives was 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, our, our whole life, bro, like, and we cranked we didn't it. sleep. What happened? We cranked it, and the oil just pumped out. And I said, did you guys put that on upside down? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm sure most of the people out there listening to us right now who, who have uh, done the B-Series know that that head gasket is, you got to, you know, you got to pay attention. You can't, you can't do it with no sleep. <laughs> well, like, no sleep for days. There's too many Red Bulls. Yeah, it probably was, man. You crashed. You probably crashed drinking all the Red Bulls. We crashed too. We crashed too often, man. And it was too many nights of no sleep and travel. And I can't believe me and John made it to the, the racetrack half the time. Like we didn't fall asleep behind a wheel or something like that, because it was like that. It was that rough on us. So but, Gary, when you were driving, so doing all the NHRA, all the events back then, were you riding in the in the rig? I I worked full time. Okay. So like, so our our family business, counting on Auto Body, like. I was, even though I raced and I, yeah, I pretty much you would consider me racing full time. I was still at the shop full time. So like, if I could work up till four o'clock on Thursday, five o'clock on Thursday, and and race to Newark Airport from the shop, and like just make my flight, that was every single weekend. So John was driving. John was driving. John was in a truck, and I worked full time. And dude, Sunday night, Monday morning, I'd be be back out, and John would be back on to the road to the next city. John, you were solo. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I did. I I did cross country a bunch of times, and like it was, you know, I like Gary said, you look back at it and you go, how did I do that? How come I didn't stop and you know smell the roses, yeah. right? And just to check out what happened because so many cool things. Not that I missed out on it. It was just I was on the go. We were gonna go win this race. Go because technically, I think you said it before. Your team was four or five people, right? Yeah, yeah volunteers, and I was only one. Luckily, on the payroll at that time. Oh, you know, after after a while, you were able to work that out because it was a lot we were doing like gary said we were we wanted that thing to look like a million bucks and it was a lot of prep work it was a lot of prep work a lot of people helped that car always went to the track clean truck was clean trailer was clean you know and that was a big part of our our deal you know like i always had to make sure it looked nice out of all those events you were cross country for that leads us to the next question second memory second memory i'm gonna probably say the day and it's not just the award. It was the day of. And it was like, it was at the uh, NHRA Museum. I got called up for the Urban Racer uh, Driver of the Year. Oh. And like. Big shout out to uh, Jackie and Preston. Oh, dude. Oh, those guys, yeah. You ain't kidding, man. Jackie and Preston were a big part of my career. I mean, Brian, we talked. Like, social media wasn't part of that. It was magazines or online magazines. Urbanracer.com. Oh, yeah, everybody was on there. When I first started, like, you got to go on here and check this out. And I'm like, I started reading all the crazy stuff that everybody was doing with these cars. I checked it the, I checked it the other day, and it's gone. The it's gone. So it's it's gone. gone. I, I still, you know, like, it was for me, it was Urban Racer Honda Tech. Just nonstop all day, man. I'd be trolling them sites. And yeah. We should ask Jackie and Preston to bring that website back up with all those pictures. I think they need to get on the podcast. Yeah. We got to get them. I think they need, I, need, I think they need to be cool. on the podcast. Cause cool. Those are, those are, those are true OGs to me, man. Like. But when I won that award from that, when I when I got, so we won a championship that year, and they were talking about they're doing this, like they were talking about the award, and and they were, you know, they were getting ready for the presentation, and uh, you know, not even a thought in my mind what I would get something like that. Like you, you gotta remember, I'm racing with guys like Aura, you know, I'm racing with uh, Abel, you know, um, I mean my my all time idol is you know Ron and Ed Bergenholz. At this time, you got the award. Were you in a Honda or in the GM? In a GM. You know, and it's it's like those are like truly like my idols growing up, and like I would never like my peers, man. Like, how can I get picked for an award like that That's when cool. I, when I got Ed Bergenhol sitting in the same room as me? Like, cool. you know, I, I felt like even when I got that award, I should have handed that over to Ed. You know, because did he ever at some point get that award? Um, listen, Ed, Ed deserved everything. Ed and Ron. You know, those are true to me. Those are true, like the absolute true pioneers of the sport. You know, there, there's guys like Vietnam. There's guys, you know, uh, I'm sure, Jeremy Lukowski. Um, there's, there's still true guys that are like well before, you know, before me, way before me. Lose, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa was, I mean, Lisa is, I, I could just go on forever. Man. All those guys you named, we want them on the podcast. So if anybody's watching this, OGs, we we got to get with you. We got to. Yeah, man. They're, whether they're, it's virtual, we'll, we'll figure it out. They're all great people. Everyone's got 
I was so lucky to be in that room of those people. And That's even cool. have Wally Parks was even in that room at that time. No way. Yeah. And uh, for me to get called up for that award, man, it was that, that to me, that was like probably the best thing in my That's, life. Yeah, one of the best things. What year is that? That was seven. 2007. Sick. This was in Pomona? Yes. That's, yep, at the museum. And, uh, dude, it was a great, great experience. Awesome. Awesome. For for me, I'll just throw it in there if that's all right. Uh, when we raced at Indy with NHRA, with the big the big guys, the when we were there for the, the Super Bowl, right, for the big, big race, when we got to go in front of Pro Stock Bike, Pro Stock Top Fuel, we raced in front of them. The stands were packed. How many? So that's that's interesting. You brought that up. So, how many races did you actually race with like the top fuel cars? Three or four? Yeah, that was that was cool. That was a great experience. Like, even you know, John says that was that that would probably be the next on my list. That that event, that U.S. National when we won the U.S. Nationals. The stands were packed. Full NHRA event. Yeah, and you and Jason had a Jason Hunt had a had a burn down. And the stand, like you don't know this park out because you're in a car. They were roaring, and you just did your thing and you clicked it off. So, well, and did you win that race? Yeah, I just heard that was a burn down. Yeah, just, instead of burn out. Yeah, no, you burned them down at the tree. At the yeah, tree, yeah, so yeah. so burned down. Oh, whoever yeah, goes in first, right? Who went in first on that one? Dude, I, that I, John might know better than I do. I really remember. I just remember it was, uh, I forgot the guy's a starter's name. Bill. NHRA. Bill passed away. but what's Bill, he started counting, just like I saw on TV all those years watching it. He started counting down, and I was like, get him, Garrett. I, was, I wanted him to win so bad, and they, you guys both went fast numbers. It, they both went high. Like it, it, They were low sevens, and they were like over 200 miles an hour. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and it was just phenomenal. I turned around, and but that's the pro cars but, there. Come on, man. you got to give the best part of the story. What? That weekend, how many motors did we blow? <laughs> we are. All, so we went to the track with three them. motors. Tell them how many motors we blew up. We went with three motors, but tell them how many we blew I up. I think four. Because we were putting them together, trying to get another one. Because so I, I think it was more than that. I think like, there was something wrong, and uh, it was probably something with the fuel injection, um, probably a computer or something. But no, we had injector issues. No, Gary, it was the stickiest track we ever raced on. That was the, and we were running under power for the longest we ever were, and we were, and it was crazy on the tuna. I might have to check with Joe on that. Hey, so were you back then? Were you guys replacing motors after every run? No, so no. I actually believe it or not, GM really had a good engine program. Okay, so we really didn't have to do it too often. I mean, we would once in a while, but there was something up. Like like John said, there was something up with it that weekend. Something was off, but I I think it was like five motors. You and guys get we, penalized for that? Like did they? No, they weren't oil. They weren't oil downs or not. Oh, like okay, that. Okay. Yeah, so like they weren't oil downs or anything like that. But was, they weren't sealing after. <laughs> yeah, and and you know honestly we 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 wanted to win so like. That was more, and again, I, I'll just keep going back. That was more sleepless nights. And it was that was the story of our careers. I like that. Went to the track with three motors, blew up five. <laughs> like, <laughs> we did whatever we had to do. Yeah, we're not kidding, man. But to end it with that race and watching in front of yeah. all the, that's, uh, you know, the pro. That was the finals. That was the finals oh, on Monday because it was a Monday because it goes all weekend. And uh, it was really, really cool. And I never took a picture. We have a couple pictures of yeah. people had of all the cars lined up, like staged, because they had a long staging lane. Right. And it, it there's some really cool pictures. And and I I kick myself, but you're in it. We were in it. It, it was uh it was high stress. So that was that was really cool. And when we when you won the championship in that year, that was really cool. Uh, at the at the award ceremony when you got that big trophy. Yeah. That was really cool. Getting a big Wally, the championship Wally. How big is that thing? Like, you know, I'm a, I, I thought about it. I thought about it too late. I should have brought it with me. Should have. I should have. should have been sitting on the table. How, right like, now. you know, it's on the table. Where would that be? It's it's probably like a, a double size of a regular Wally. Gary, who one's like this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So who would have brought his? Probably would have broke the table. Who would have brought his if he was here? Bergenholz. <laughs> Bergenholz. Yeah. He's got, he's definitely got more than me. How, how many you got? I got one championship, but I, I would say I got about, I think I have nine or ten NHRA wins. Nice. And, uh, you know, it was all, it, some were with Pro Front, some were with the, the Hot Rod, a couple were with the uh, Honda. 
And uh, dude, it was it was a great career, man. I, I I love it. I love what I did. I wouldn't change a single thing. I work with the best guy in the world that's sitting next to me. Going back to the U.S. Nationals, I didn't. Is this your third favorite memory? Yeah, I would say right. this is the third. And it it was pretty much wasn't even winning the race. Like the things that stick in my mind is when we won. It, it obviously it was a great moment, but I didn't realize how big the U.S. Nationals was because I wasn't a fan at that time of NHRA drag race. I was a fan of what we did. Import drag. Yeah, I was a fan of what we did. And so uh, seeing those fans is what four times as many as a big import race, ten times. That, that yeah, it's no, because it it seemed to me it seems like normal. You know, when we went to when we were at Englishtown, stands were packed on both sides. Yeah, you know, both sides. So it was like to me it was like a normal deal. Obviously, I knew it was bigger because it was, but I didn't realize how big it was. At the when we got to the end of the track, and you know, I won. I was I was pumped. But the guy who ran GM Racing at the time on the marketing side was, yo, get up on a roof, like celebrate. Like I'd scratch my like, <laughs> I ain't going I'm not going up on a roof. I'm I'm gonna damage it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you gotta get up there and jump up and down and celebrate. Um, I'm like, nah, dude. <laughs> I'm like, nah, man, I'm not messing I'm not messing my car. You know, I I guys, I, I took pride. You know, it's not like I had enough money to go out and rewrap it or, you know, repaint another it. I'm sure that's body. what he was thinking. Yeah, and it's Yeah, that was a carbon body too. It's like nah, I argue with the guy at the end of the racetrack. I'm I'm like Get a fucking car, man. I'm not going to do it. You should have thrown it. I'm like, you don't pay for it? I'll do it if you pay. But you know it. what? It's, it's, again, it went back to my, I guess, I, I wouldn't say ego, but it went back to me just caring about racing. I didn't care about, I, I truly didn't care about what people thought about me, like what people thought about me, or I didn't care about like getting photos online or something like that. I cared about just knowing that we all that hard work, me, John, and the rest of the crew put in. You know, Moose was with us at the time, and my wife Megan, and um, you know, the re Job was there with us. So like our crew and our truck driver Bruce, like I cared for everybody, all the people that helped me get to where I was, like celebrating with that with that crew. You know, it wasn't to me. It wasn't about jumping up and down in a car. It was like I wanted to get back to the pit and celebrate with my. My team, yeah. Big Gary. You mentioned. I don't know if anyone knows, but you keep mentioning Joe Belai. Who, who is Job, and what do he do? Oh man. So, <laughs> I mean, without him, my, you know, my career would not have been what it was in motorsports. So early on, when me and John started, can I tell know, the story the first time? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So Joe, we had a problem with who tuned the car first, and it was it was just this is when we first got the car running. And Gary's like, oh, I got these uh, this company Turbo People. I think Ralphie used to hook us up with him. Uh, Dwayne, Big Dad, Big Daddy, yeah, Big Daddy Dwayne. He raced uh, Mustangs. He's a guy called Joe, called Joe, but Turbo People. Him or his old man will tune it, right? And we're like, all right. I didn't know who it was. I wasn't in the Mustang scene enough with racing to know that. So he hooked it up, and it was in Long Island. Cooks. It was it I Cooks? Yeah, we went up to Cooks to tune it. Yeah, so we went we went all the way out there, and we drove we drove on. On the belt with the trailer, people were screaming at us. Huh. I don't, yeah, it was bad. All life lessons. Oh, yeah, all life lessons. Yeah, that was fun. So we finally get up there, get the car, start warming it up on the dyno, and and uh, Joe goes, "I smell antifreeze." We're like, "Nah, it's fine. Nah, it's fine. It's just you know, it must be burning off the header or something." And he goes, "All right, right." And he goes, "I smell antifreeze again, right?" And he's like, "We'll just make a hit. Go boost it up." Gary's in the car. Boom, pops a head gasket right away. He called it right off the bat. And that was our, our start with Joe. And so is that you were saying part of the team after this? So so he goes. He rolled with us every day. For what did he say to us? What are you guys going to do? And we're saying we're going to change the head gasket and run again. He goes, you're going to change it right now? So we're going to change this head gasket. We drove all the way hell up here. We're going to change this head gasket. And Gary goes, we're going to make some power. I remember that. And, and you know, most people would have packed it up and went home. But, yo, if I took a day off work. <laughs> we were gonna make it happen because yo, my father would not give me another day off of work. <laughs> well, it's so, good you had the head gasket on you to replace it. Then. Yeah, and then Job said that was one of the things about us. Like we were just we were all in, and he said that he goes ever since then. You guys were that's where our mentality was. We we're gonna make it work, whatever we had to do. Is he yeah. still tuning? You know, Job kind of retired from the scene. I think he's kind of getting back. I think maybe you know he's been out of it for some time. So he, I, I see he's been at. I see he's been putting up some posts a bit about being back at the track and. You know, the, the guy, to me, he was the best that ever did it. 
Yeah. You know, I know there's some I know there's some really good tuners out there, but Yeah, we, we the guy the guy helped me win a lot of races and he was a major part of our team and and you know, his, his whole family, like Chase and and Job Senior even came out to the track with us a couple times and it was just amazing, man. We we always had the greatest support. Like in that I always met I, I mentioned you guys too. It's like I've me, I just drove the car, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I figured out some marketing things and some loopholes and how to get some sponsors and stuff like that, but it was all these guys, you know, um, and and then my wife too, you know, my wife that put all the pieces together that made it all happen, um, and she stuck around. Yeah, I can't believe she told <laughs> my shit. I can't believe it. I'm so lucky. Um, but yeah, that without without me surrounding myself with the best people, I never I never would have accomplished anything. You know, like right. it was up to me. That car never even made it out of shop. From yeah. grassroots racing to the end of your drag racing career, how many years was that? I guess. From the start of grassroots, I, 2000 was probably my first time going to track and blowing right through a clutch and having to go home and change it and then going back for the Which next I have event. the video of. Remember I told you I found it? I, no, no, no. I, I don't. You weren't even involved at that point because that was a street car. I'm talking about the first time with the, when it was had the cage in it. Yes, that, that, was, that was Echo. Yep, my old man taped it, so I have that video. What year was your last race? John... What year did you leave? Two thousand. You you got all, you. Oh seven was. You it? left oh seven. You did not one. No, I would say last time the car probably went down the track was two thousand nine or two thousand ten. Wow. And then the next half of your career moved into drifting, which we'll get into. But you actually mentioned um, something about the fans. Fran Francis had a question. It was uh, something about a change to what was it, Francis? If you you know based off of everything you said, if you had change if you had the chance to change it your racing career what what would you change so it's definitely i would have i was so into wanting to race and just winning and and doing all this oh doing all that i didn't realize there was how much how lucky we were to have such a fan base you know because social media didn't exist so it was when we rolled up into the pit after a pass or you know even throughout the day you guys remember height of it it was thousands of people sitting there waiting for my like me like my autograph and i'm thinking to myself at the time what else somebody sitting up there waiting for my autograph you know i'm i'm just some people were you're probably driving in driving through people oh well john was like let's say john was driving a car or a quad or something like that there were so many people he's yelling and screaming get out of the way get out of the way they're waiting for you yeah and, and it, you didn't give them the time of day nothing nothing yeah nothing because how about a couple autographs I mean, I I would. You did, you did some autographs, but not to the extent that you made. Not to the extent that I should have, you know. And it, to me, it was my head wasn't in that place, you know. My head was, yo, we got a forty-five minutes of Javier banging on a table. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Let's go. And it was like, you know, that's what I'm thinking is like forty-five minutes. We got to change a tranny. We got to check the parts. We got to service the car. I was always like, you know, um, pretty serious about safety, man. So like. I would always go back, make sure the lug nuts were torqued. I would always pack my own chute. Like there was like a lot of things that mentally, like I had like my own routine that I had to follow to make sure I felt safe to go down the track. But then how would you have changed it being that you, you cared about all those things and it's still 45 minutes. How could you, how, how would you have had time for the fan? I, I would say like, at least on the local races, I would have probably, I was tough to work with, man. People didn't, even the volunteers didn't even want to help me because I was so focused. You know, and it was like, I was so focused on, on, on getting that car down the track and not, like I said, man, I steamrolled anybody that was in my way. And even the volunteers that helped me out, and I apologize, guys. Still, I, I was rough on these guys, man. And, uh, you know, I didn't deal with laziness or I didn't deal with nothing. So like, you know, guys coming out to volunteer help out and I'm like, they're lazy. I'm like, yo, get out of here, man. Like, you know, I was, I was, I was rough, man, but it was, it was for a direction I wanted to go in. And I guess I should have been a little lenient little bit better to the guys that volunteered their time to help me out um where that would have allowed me to spend more time with the fans and 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 you know build it you know uh, i mean i've never had anybody come back to me and say yo they, I, I was not nice to him at the track or i was, I was i'm mean. curious i'm curious if we'll get a comment here of somebody who's like dude that was me <laughs> i tried going up and getting a picture with this guy and he flipped me off <laughs> yeah. but you know when we were done with the car and it was it was set say we got done early i would spend a time with the people but you know, and but again, we we turn around, and I wish I'd spent more time walking the pits and hanging out with my, you know, the people I race with, and 
and things along those lines. Because, dude, I, I miss that. I, there's so many guys I can just rattle off right now and, and, and say I miss them. You know, I truly do. Um, you know, for me, like growing up and, and being around Pepe Loco and El Demente and these dudes, like that was so, that's where I wanted to be. Did they make time for the fans? Yeah, definitely. They, they definitely Because <laughs> you got to remember a lot of those dudes, they weren't, they, they, you know, they, they, they hurt, they, they damaged cars and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm thinking to myself now, it's like Eddie Bello was like my, all, uh, one of my all time favorite guys. He I, always made time for me. Did you guys notice that he's coming? He's really active on social media, like the past like three weeks. He's... I, I hope so, man. He yes, he he supposedly crashed a, a Porsche down in Puerto Rico. Oh, recently? Yeah, yeah. He was racing a a Porsche down in Puerto Rico. I don't follow him on 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 social media. You guys got to tag me on one of his things. Yeah, no, he made like he made an announcement. Like I, I am the OG Porsche drag racer. Yo, he is. The he OG. is. Like he truly wheelies. Yo, the the best. One of the best, one of the best times I ever had in my 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 lifetime being a fan of of import drag racing was the day Eddie Bello raced Dwayne Goodridge, Big Daddy with the Mustang, and that was at like that. I'm sure that was SummerSlam or like one of the English Town events. That was the most incredible event that has ever taken place at that track. When I mean that place was pumping. That was absolutely amazing, man, and and that that's where my passion and that's where my drive came from, is watching guys like Eddie, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's so many. I I can't even think of all the names right now, but you know, it was it was such great times, man. I I had as a fan. I loved being there as a, a young guy and just being there as a fan, not even racing. Now I kind of see why you were so I guess in disbelief that you won that racer of the year award. Because your competition were the guys you looked up to, looked up to, and I, that I, was that was all the ones that those guys told me about when I came over. Right, Steph, Papa Doc, and yeah. those got like I didn't deserve that guys. award for being in that room with those people. You know, yeah. for being in a room with those peers, and I got that. Hey, award. Man, it's like a rookie of the year type of thing. Yeah, like yeah. the dude, the new guy in town. But uh, you know, I it was still you know one of the most surprising things I've ever I have ever received, but. You know, I, I look up to my peers, man. You know, like those those people were the best. What made you decide, you know, I'm gonna stop drag racing and then the transition to drifting? What what was the deciding was all, factor? Well, just getting out of drag racing was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my career, of anything. You know, it was because that passion was still like, I I I had a hard time giving up. You see, when Nopey folded, right? It was like, all right, you know, Nopey folded, we still got an HRA. No, NHRA folded and nobody was still there. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I messed that up. Yeah, so it was nobody that, NHRA that folded and nobody was still there. And I'm like, all right, great, we still got nobody and nobody folded. And it was just like, fuck, what do we do now? Bro? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because we just came, like, even though I left Gar- Gary's uh, team in 07, I still followed it, right? I still wanted him to win. And- Me and John still talked every day. Yeah. So for us to come off of 2007 which was integration with NHRA with the top fuel four races three four races you it looked like it was starting to get pumped up and, and it just and it, it felt you know you had 0708 the economy just obviously crashed bro and and that prepared me you know for for those bad times in that portion of my life prepared me for what we're seeing today you know what we're going through right now with the economy and stuff like that and uh you know, I just, I'm mentally in so much of a better place because I went through that. You know, I, I learned how to budget my money and not overspend and do these things because of, you know, all these life lessons that I've learned. You know? is, so is 2007 and eight when Formula D started is when the drifting career started? I would say, yeah, I would say about 2007. We, st- I honestly, I, I don't remember the exact year, but I would say about 2007, we started off with, uh, Pontiac, um, GM was so happy with our relationship in in drag racing that they invited me into motorsports. They were working with a team at the time, and they weren't happy with the team owner and driver. Um, it was a successful team, but they just knew the what we brought, the professionalism and, and, and things along those lines. And, and they loved the fact that they knew we made a sponsorship look like a million dollars when it wasn't. So... They actually talked us into it. At that time, uh, Jared Deanna introduced me to Ryan Turk, and, uh, you know, we started we started our career there. You know, that's where I started my career with, with uh, you know, just by, you know, almost a stock car. 
And uh, Ryan and I and the team went into it, and we were pretty successful uh, right from the start. And uh, I really didn't, I, I honestly, with the with the drift program, I didn't really have much to do with it. You know, it was, we had a great team at that point. Um, Moose and uh, Scott, um, they, they pretty much, ste- you know, steered the team and, and did everything right. Ryan came in and drove. And do you the- guys remember when we did that, we had our BMW convertible and you guys were testing at English Town? That was thanks to Gary, though. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, could your driver, because we didn't know Ryan at the time, like, could he go drift this BMW that we have? And Gary's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure he beat the hell out of it. Oh, he did. It was a lease, so it was all right. That was our first viral video. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah, that was the first video that did over a million views. And we're like, bro. I'm glad I was part of that. I didn't yeah, realize it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. I would, And then we stopped after that. Yeah. We're like, uh, we need more ideas. Like, that was the, that was the one hit wonder. Yeah. And it took quite a quite a couple years until we got got our views back up yeah. on that but that was cool that was thanks to you gary so yeah man thank you i didn't realize it. how many years were you involved in drifting i would say three seasons or four se- uh three seasons um we had a pretty successful team you know um we got second in the championship pretty short second oh nice I and know um yeah we did you know overall we did well um, this is for formula d yeah and i that was another thing guys like it was so hard for me to transition him from being that guy, that guy in sport compact or import drag racing, to going there and just not being nobody. Did did Steph transition at the same time or no? He after? no, he was before me. Okay. And even Bergenholz was before me. So you had Bergenholz, uh, you had Steph. Um, those guys were in there, but I think they're still involved, right? Yes. Yep. So Ron does it on the uh, on the tire side with Nitto, and Steph still has his, his program, and he dude he does a phenomenal job. He's I, to me. He still keep in touch with them, uh, dude. You know, I sure. I do. Yeah, I should. You know, and I'm sure, man. Like, you know, I I got to start making more time. You know, couple. I'm I'm a year or two away from uh, hopefully uh, getting some of these businesses situated, and I could get, get more time, time to spend with some more time. family and friends. You know, should should we get into that? What are you up to these days? Wow, man, I got a lot going on. You know, I got three daughters, uh, Julia, me, and Marley. Um, and we, you know, my, my family's great. You know, we, we spent a lot of time doing a lot of fun stuff. So I wasn't that dad that was going to let these girls grow up playing with Barbies all day. And we figured it out. We skateboard, we snowboard, we surf, we do a lot of fun stuff together, you know? Um, but you know, my family's obviously number one and then it leads into business. You know, me and my brother are business partners in, in a lot of a lot of, a lot of projects, you know? You mentioned that you were working at an auto body, I guess in your Early racing career. Yeah. Still own those body shows? Yep. So my dad started County Line Auto Body in 1980, and uh, he, he always ran a successful business. And uh, he retired now, and uh, I've always been involved, but he, we really started to kind of change the direction of the company, I would say about six years ago, five, six years ago. Um, we see that there was an opportunity, um, a lot of older gentlemen retiring out of the industry or just getting burnt out from it because it really is truly hard. It's a lot of hard work. So my brother and I just decided that it would be best that we open up some more locations and let our guys grow within our company because everybody deserved it. You know, all, all of our guys were with us long term and we were able to grow our guys internally and uh, they have all great careers now. They're all doing very well for themselves and they, they pretty much run their own, sh- own shops. It sounds like you own a couple body shops. Now. Yeah, so we own County Line Auto Body and Howell. We own Collision Crackers in Bayville. And we own Corey's of Barnegat. So three. Yeah, three locations. All in New Jersey. All, in, all Central and South New Jersey. Um, we're opening up a fourth. We're going through some environmental issues right now with our fourth location. And uh, in between, we started a calibration company, glass company, and we're now dabbling with a few other things. And there's still more more room for us to grow. What's a, what's a calibration company? So advanced driving assist systems on vehicles, um, you know, distance sensors, front radars. Oh, autonomous and self-driving and stuff like that uh moose actually mans that company for us and uh it's all you know it's all programming within within the oem vehicles so we do a lot of you know we you know we pretty much our company pretty much has all factory scan tools for most companies for most manufacturers we don't really utilize much aftermarket tools but it's mostly all oem and uh that's that's what our future is car guy at heart obviously i mean from the hobby of motorsports. So, you took you took a long break from you know motorsports as a hobby and I guess as a part time career. 
then you completely dropped out of it and just went on the business side of it. Yeah. Well, my heart's always still been there, man. And it's like, even though I fight it, you know, like I fight that passion and I, I found other things. And meanwhile, the, 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 for, you know, fill those, you know, gaps, but you know, I picked up running. I was doing ultra running for a long time. Oh, no way. Like those hundred mile runs? Yeah. What? So, um, I was doing actually, uh, world toughest mutters. Not just regular tough mutters, but the world's tough. Yeah, like they're they're separate events. What's the fat? What's the longest run that you've done? Eighty, I would say, eighty something. But no, it's not just an eighty mile run. That's like middle. That's dead winter, like freezing cold in this rain, snows. You know, like different terrain. Yeah, different terrain. Well, so um, yeah, that's that's what I enjoyed. I, I'd gotten some like crazy knee sur uh, knee surgeries and stuff like that. So that led me into cycling, and uh, like I'm a. No, so you got a bionic knee now. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get full blown. Like I didn't get a knee replacement, but I, I've meniscus and ACL and MCL and stuff like that. So you ever heard of this dude, David Goggins? Yeah, I, I'm literally reading his book right now. So he he was a he was a early he was a pioneer of the ultra ultra. Well, yeah. yeah, that's why I heard. So and and, and you know I, I utilize a lot of stuff that he says with my career. You know, and nice. I, I recommend everybody does it. The, you know, I, I push my, I've always pushed myself no matter what it was. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing it in cycling until today. You know, I ain't the fastest with cycling, but I enjoy it. And I, it's nothing for me to go out and do 150 miles on a bike, you know? Cause it's kind of funny that you're following his path. Cause he, when he couldn't run anymore, he went into cycling. Yeah. But then he went into being a, uh, like a wildfire firefighter. Is that, this is that next point of your career? No, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I I truly see me and John have been friends forever. And, you know, one thing that's always kept us together is cars. And it, it was never just Hondas. It was never just anything. It was mine and John's friendship started when our father, our fathers were together building street routes. Oh, nice. And yeah. I think me and John are at that point in our lives that we're going to circle back to that. And uh, yeah, I'll get more involved with street rods. So, what's cool for us as as we got older, there's, you know, the the scene for us is we spent a lot of time out in Asbury this summer, um, at the circuit. Um, it's it's a it's just a basically Thursday night car show on a circuit in Asbury, and uh, it's just mad cool cars, man. Everything, all kinds of cars, all kinds of different cars. It's not official. It's at the boardwalk. You just go down there and park. And it's really cool. Yeah. So, John, no time frame, nothing. Yeah. Just, well, I was gonna say, right? Like, the because no be folded kind of forced you to obviously not do sports compact drag racing anymore. Why not go into the pro mod or, or another so type of racing? At that point, when that was the year after, you know. So let's say one NHRA NHRA folded, no be folded. Then it led into IDRL. And uh, we did a couple events with them, but they didn't really truly have a front-wheel drive class. So at that point, Red Bull pulled, GM pulled, and it was like 07, 08. The economy was like really rough, bro. So every budget there was got pulled out. And, um, you know, I did a year on it on my own, and I I truly went broke. Wow. And it was like, you know, from, from in, in again, I was like, I'm glad it happened because if not, then I don't think I would be who I am today. Like, you know, my wife was with me the whole time. Megan was with me the whole time. So she's been through the, the lows, lowest of lows. But, you know, I, I have a strong family. My my mom and dad were always there to support me if when I when I got down to that. But, you know, obviously I was able to rebuild and, and understand how money works. And well, you're not kidding. Like, you literally spent it all on everything. Everything. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's why, like, that's why I had such... For a few years at that time, I was so like devastated over because that was my my life. Yeah, it was my passion, you know. So it was like actually heartbreaking for me because nothing else, no, honestly, nothing else in the world really mattered to me, you know. And it was like that was what was really tough for me, and and that's why I had to pick up running. Like I didn't want to just run, you know. I wanted to go out and just be able to do fifty. You know what I mean? Like, and I had to find something to fill up that 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 deal for me. Um, but you know, drifting, even when we got involved with drifting, it just didn't fill it for me. Um, and, and you know, that was even another form of motorsports that was good, but it was really hard for me. It was hard for me to go to that guy who I was in, sport, in import drag racing to just 
some dude. You know what I mean? And so you said you did three seasons. Did you? You were the one who stepped away then. So General Motors pulled their budget at that point. You know, and when GM pulled their budget, Mobile One stepped up, and Mobile One deal was a big deal, man. But it just wasn't. It wasn't the same, and I wasn't. It's not that I lost money at that point. I would just it it wasn't the passion wasn't there for me. Like for when I went broke drag racing, right? I was able to I still had that passion there, that fire that kept me going for for some time. But you know, when when it got to dra- drifting and that budget was just like out, it was just like, I'm done. Yeah. You know? Passion was Yeah, the passion wasn't there. It wasn't, you know. I respected the sport, you know, like don't get me wrong. I, I really to do honestly, I feel those guys are the best drivers in the world. Um, it just wasn't what I was into, you know, it wasn't, wasn't like, I knew if I was going to put that effort into something, it had to be into the collision business. It had to be into something that I knew was going to be successful for my family. And that's why, like, at that point I was so bitter about motorsports and I shouldn't have been, you know, and that's why, like, I'm really starting to come back around. It's just about cars in general. I haven't had a nice car and I haven't had something like in a, in a, I haven't had anything nice even to drive in probably 10, 10 years. No way. Yeah, and and I just I just picked up a street rod because I want to spend more time hanging out with John. You know, like I told you guys, I really I really lost a lot of my friendships, of just being like, you know, I got I got a couple of friends that don't even talk to me because I I don't have time to call them. You know, and it's like you know me and John are so close that I want to get back out on you know out on Thursday nights, going out to the, you know, the, you know checking out the. House. So you already did pick one up. Yeah, yeah I picked up a thirty four Ford. So John, getting uh, Gary picked up this hot rod. You laughed. Well, why'd you laugh? Because it's cool. Uh, oh, okay. I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it's neat. Uh, I think it's something that uh, we both enjoy, and, and it's a lot of fun. I have my old man's car. My dad's oh, passed. Nice. But, uh, what, what is it? 1948 Ford Coupe. Okay. So, you know, it was my dad, so it's very special to me. But having the chance to go out with his old man, the car that my dad and his dad built, we went out. The uh, summer. This past summer. That was a lot of fun, and it like sparked something for us. It was like this is because I was going there, I, you know, during the week. Someone's like, "You should go down there." I go down there. There's like a hundred and something cars down there, and it's all street rides or it's everything, anything you think of. We got to get you guys down there yeah. and hang out. We should come it, down. It truly, is a lot of fun, man. And I don't know, you know, the Ida's Robbie Ida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one that's like pushing this, and and uh, he has his cars out there, and it's just neat. It's just something special. Yeah, it's at the boardwalk. You go have a beer. Go walk around. It's not just it's not just a car show. It's in Asbury Park where they're fixing it up. You go. It's a lot of things. To but do. there we go, man. It's it's that again. It's not the cars that are getting me into it. It's that lifestyle, you know. So to go out and hang out with people again and 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 seeing that, seeing a scene again, yeah, is important for me. You know, like and that's what start. That's what got that was what sparked my interest in original, right? You know, and right. it's like you ought to go out here and see that scene again and see. You know, obviously it's a little bit different. Some older people now. It's not it's not that young scene, but. You know, I'm I'm willing to accept it, man. I'm old now. I mean, there's <laughs> it's all, been a long time. There's all different aspects to it, especially here in New Jersey. Unfortunately, you're talking about the good car scene. There's also the bad car scene. What do they call them? The sideshows, um, takeovers. All the old girls. You guys seen that on? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. They did it down in Wildwood. You know, when they had the uh, one of the car shows down there, and the oh, they did a takeover. They did a takeover, and I think someone got hit, which is you know, it just really kills the sport, and uh, you know. Uh, why it kills the scene? Yeah, it just it it makes it makes it not. You know, it's uh the the cars culture car scene from you know, technically the takeovers are the street racing of back in the day, which you know you know, and you're right. They would shut down a BQE. They would, they would shut down certain roads, and you know they would race out there. So it's still kind of the same thing. You know, like you know, I was again, I wasn't out there. You know, in the street scene, but. You know, the the stories I would get from Shorty, he would call me up every night or call me up that next morning. I'd be going to work. He'd be coming home from wherever he was racing at, you know, and uh, we would be on the phone. He'd be telling me, yo, this happened last night. We did this. We did that. And then, I, like I said, I had a couple other dudes out in the streets, and that was wild, man, these stories. So you mentioned that. Have you ever gone to sh- watch a street race or no? Just I really tried to stay out of there because, you know, I, I feel like at that point in time, like, it was, I was so, my name was so big then that I had such a good relationship with everybody, but I never wanted to put myself in a mix of things because 
the things that took place at that time, you know, especially with a couple guys I was close with from the streets, they, it just nothing good came from it. You know, there was a lot of a lot of things that took place, and I didn't really want to uh, surround myself with that. You know, I mean, you could go to the drag strip on a Wednesday night, you know, testing tune, or you could go in the street and they got to run from the cops or do, you know, or something bad happens, and it just was. I never had the interest in it either. We were so busy working all night long and trying to get these cars, you know, get the get the car ready, that we didn't really have time to go out. You know, every weekend or every night, me and John would be in the shop working. Kept it professional. We tried to. Yeah. Tried the best we could, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we appreciate it. You mentioned a lot of, you know, throwback names. Again, if you guys are listening, any uh, OG import racers, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Gary... Appreciate you guys. No problem. I'm, what we're going to do is I think that we need to get, we need to talk to Ron Bergenholz. And I think that when Ron comes out for Formula Drift. Oh, that'd be a good time to get him. Yeah. Can I negotiate this deal? Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm on it. That's a good reason for and, you to talk to Ron. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got to call him tomorrow. And yeah. then you're going to sit down next to Ron. We'll get you on the same uh, on the I'll same podcast. And he's got some great stories, man. You guys, you guys would love having him on here. Ron's a cool dude. Yeah, he is. Hey, that wraps us up. Podcast episode four. That's right. If you guys enjoyed what, what went down tonight, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, follow. Gary, you, you have an Instagram. Yeah, Gary G um forty four. Uh Instagram, Facebook, but I don't check Facebook. Just hit me on Instagram. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, appreciate you. We didn't even get to one more question. So Gary does the collision. What are you up to? Are you still Involved in cars at all? On I work day to day. Manager branch for a heavy equipment company, Caterpillar. So, oh, you know, I was started as a technician and worked my way up through management. So nice doing. You know, ever since uh, leaving the race team, I went and you know worked my way up. Yeah, so still, I mean, still doing kind of still rental. Yeah, still there. Yeah, that's what's up. Different, different aspect of it, but yeah. Are you on Instagram? Yeah, Hot Rod at Hot Rod. Yep. No way. You were able to get that. What's that? You were able to get Hot Rod, D-D-D. Hot oh. Rod with three Ds. There you go. There you go. That's a big difference. <laughs> Frankie 5, ESR, Brian ESR. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you for keeping this alive, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you, Thanks, guys. guys.